And welcome to Standard Precautions and Beyond, Conversations in Infection Prevention and Control, a podcast of the Alabama Regional Center for Infection Prevention and Control Training and Technical Assistance, or ARC-IPC. My name is Mina Nabavi with the ARC-IPC at the University of Alabama at Birmingham's School of Public Health. For many months, parents have been told COVID vaccines for their children under five were on the way. But shifting timelines, delays, and misinformation have left many parents frustrated and confused. In addition, as COVID restrictions are relaxed, many parents of young children are desperate to know when they can expect a vaccine to be authorized for their young children. Parents have turned to Facebook and other online forums for answers to their questions, which has led to conspiracy theories and rumors galore. To bring some clarity to this conversation, we have invited Dr. Candace Dye, an associate professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, an academic general pediatrician at Children's of Alabama, to join us to talk about the latest updates on the COVID vaccine approval for children under five. So thank you for being here, Dr. Dye, and joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So for a while, it looked like a vaccine for children under five would be available at the beginning of 2022. However, it has been about a month or so since Pfizer and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration delayed key steps toward authorizing a COVID-19 vaccine for this population. What happened back in February and where do things stand today? And for a reference for our listeners, we are recording this podcast on Monday, March 28th, 2022. Yes. Yeah, so back in February, uh, it was you know announced that Pfizer was going to pursue that uh, emergency authorization use and submit their data. And, uh, you know, maybe a little under pressure from the FDA and and so forth to to get this going. Um, And the data was not, wasn't complete yet. And, you know, honestly, I got real excited and said, oh gosh, this is, you know, this is great. Let's get this going. I mean, we have so many patients, obviously, in that, in that age group and Omicron was surging still, and especially, you know, in, in the South and, uh, you know, just any, any additional protection we could, we could get our, our youngest uh, population would, you know, certainly be welcomed. But, you know, within just a, a short, you know, few minutes really after that, uh, that news broke, um, and talking with infectious disease colleagues and people who I um, hold very highly, and you know, they pointed out that we don't want to rush it. And I think that that you know was really spoke volumes. Um, we want this to be right. And uh, as you know, there you have even already said, and um, I'm sure we will talk more about. There has been you know mistrust and misinformation that has just gone wild in, in our culture. Um, and we want, we want this to be right when it, when it does, uh, go to go for that approval. We need the rest of the data. Um, at that point they were, you know, saying that they were still studying that maybe, you know, that age group needs a, a third dose and those that, you know, part of the trial was still going on. And so, I think the big message was is that it just needs a little bit more time 
and we want that data to be complete uh, before it before it goes, you know, for that EAU. And and that you know made a lot of sense to me. We certainly don't want to allow any room for the population, the mindset that is going to, you know, be the be the naysayers to have any room to cast any more doubt than than they already have. So we want it to be complete. We want it to be right. We want it to be ready and, and to not be rushed just to to get it done if, if it's not going to be good and right. So I know you touched on this, whether it was going to be a, a two course or three course vaccine, but could you speak further on, you know, what all does the FDA consider before approving a vaccine? Can you speak to that a little further? Yeah, and I'm certainly not the the expert in that area, but they look at all the data and the the trials that have been going on. I mean, the thank goodness that there there are so many um, families and children, you know, willing to be a part of these trials so that we we can get this data and we can. Uh, be able to study, you know, how how they are responding and and you know what level of protection they um, they are getting from this. They look at everything, and the uh, you know the committee is part of that. I mean, it, there's so many different levels and so many different wonderful, um, very 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 knowledgeable experts uh, that are that are on these panels that that are coming through all of the minutiae um, that, that is there. Um, and, you know, again, a, a, it's a very thorough process and it's it's a trusted process and we, we want it to continue to be so. So I know, you know, so far, most of the, the discussion around a vaccine for children under the age of five has really been centered around Pfizer's vaccine. Um, but last week, there was news that Moderna was planning to seek authorization for use of a COVID-19 vaccine for infants and children under five. Could you, you know, provide a, a little bit more information of what you know? And again, this is very recent news. And for those joining in the middle of this podcast, again, this is as of um, Monday, March 28th of 2022. Can you provide, you know, any information of what you know about Moderna's vaccine? Yeah. Uh, so again, this is, you know, one of the one of the trials that has uh, has been going on, and the announced what was it on Wednesday morning last week, uh, the twenty third, that Moderna was was ready to to bring forth its data, and um, and submit it for the the EAU to the to the FDA. What I do know um, is that it you know it's a it is a two dose, twenty five micrograms, and it's a, a quarter of the dose that the adults have received with the with the Moderna vaccine, and it's for that six month to to less than six years of age uh, age group. And so again, you know, very exciting uh, that that they are are ready to submit their data. And I think we just have to, you know, wait and see what what that shows us, and what you know the they'll set meetings and and so forth to review that and and go through it and see if it's you know if it, if it meets the the standard that we that we want it to. It's a waiting game, um, but it's at the hopefully near the the finish line. So sounds good. So we'll we'll keep posted and um, be on the lookout for more news about it. So I want to, 
get into a little bit of um, the topic of misinformation. Um, so, you know, misinformation has, you know, confused parents. It's caused unnecessary concern that vaccines will be further delayed. I know that, you know, earlier this year, there was a myth that sprung up and circulated around the internet that the FDA had a policy that prohibited it from authorizing vaccines for age groups out of order that I believe was referred to an age de-escalation policy. Is that a real FDA policy? You know, I, I honestly had to, to look that up. I have not heard heard that lingo. But I, what I did find is that I don't know that it's a true term or policy per se, but there are vaccines that may be studied in older you know, populations, older age groups, but it's really only a vaccine that young children need, infants need. And so I'm honestly, I'm not real sure what all the myths were that were that were out there, but I think it probably, you know, relates to, well, you know, this has been studied in the older, older population, older age groups and worked its way down to the children. And is, is that appropriate? Is it okay that, you know, Moderna is seeking this approval in the, the youngest age group? but haven't in that, you know, elementary age group uh, when those studies have been going on too. And what I did read is that Moderna is pushing that data forward too for the uh, less than 16 um, year old. So there is a, a method. We trust that method. We have relied on on that method for eons and, um, and it works. Leave the science to the scientist and have faith in that. And also, though, know where you're getting your information from. Um, one of the reasons I probably have not heard about that is because during the pandemic, I have not honestly been on social media a ton. It's just such a platform for anybody, um, regardless, and it's and it is such a breeding ground for misinformation, disinformation. Well, and that's a that's a great segue to my last question for you, Doctor Die. You know, where can parents go to find more information about COVID-19 vaccines and children? What are some um, trusted sources that you recommend for your patients or, or parents of your patients? The first point is your child's pediatrician. And uh, hopefully you have a relationship with them. Your child has been going to them. You already have that trust there. You believe them and you know trust them to to take care of them when when they're born um when they are you know getting their kindergarten what we call the you know the kindergarten shot at that four to you know five age um you trust them when they're you know sick have an ear infection and you know are coming to you because they're waking up in the middle of the night you know crying with with ear pain so I hope that that is that relationship is already there, and that is that is your first stop. And layered on top of that is the CDC, of course. I mean, they have you know you go to their website and it's you know the very opening page is you know COVID, and the the information is there with further links to to supplemental information, and then of course that is. Um, backed by the AAP, the American Academy of um, 
pediatrics and so that's our um, pediatricians you know kind of governing body within every specialty has has their own affiliate basically of that but that's where the true information is and that's where I would really hope that that people would would turn to and just having those conversations uh, I've said before that you know I was talking with a mom on the phone and she um, was asking me you know something about the the COVID vaccine I just said you know what what are your concerns and she said something and I said well actually that's that's not true and explained it to her and she said oh well I'm so glad that I talked to you I've got to go tell my friends because they're the ones that told me this and I was like please please you know find the truth and and share share the truth that is there so and I like that and you know and even though right the vaccines aren't available for the children under five right now having these conversations now so when hopefully the vaccines are available for this age group you know the answers you know the truth um, you know what's available um, so you can you can get your child vaccinated as soon as the vaccines are available absolutely absolutely well thank you so much dr die for this very timely and informative podcast you've provided a lot of great information for parents grandparents and caregivers for children under five and i hope that we can invite you back for another podcast soon thank you very much i would appreciate that and thank you for listening please tune in next time for another episode from standard precautions and beyond conversations in infection prevention and control 